The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 116 The Days That Cannot Be 1886, May 4th, Ilium, Colorado Cassandra, cover me! Paris yelled as she dove for the ground. She rolled as bullets began to fly from both sides of the street. She felt herself bump up against Philocedes when she crawled up to see him. His eyes were closed, and he was bleeding from a hole in his chest. Viper! Viper! Paris slapped him. Oh, fuck, whiskey girl. You already shot me. Isn't that enough for one day? He groaned without opening his eyes. Viper, you ass! Why did you make me do that? Why did you make me shoot you? Could we... Philocides coughed and then started again. Could we discuss this inside? He struggled to say. Eddie! Get him inside! Paris yelled at the top of her lungs as she stood from the ground. She pulled the guns from her hips and began to fire alternating between the two. She kept the cavalry across the street from getting a clear shot. Hector ran out of the bar with his head down. Sorry, man. This is gonna hurt. Hector mumbled as he picked up Philocides and threw him on his shoulders in one swift move. Philocides screamed in pain. Then Hector ran back into the bar. As Paris walked backwards, firing across the street until she stepped behind the overturned cart, Penthesilia grabbed Paris into a hug and then pushed her back and looked her over, patting her around the chest and back as she spun her in circles to examine her. You didn't get shot, did you? She asked. Have a little more faith in me than that, Paris complained. Did you get my hat? You worried about your hat. Would you like me to go back out there and get it? Penthesilia looked up, putting a finger to her chin. Then she shook her head and said, No, I guess I'll get a new one someday. Come on, let's go inside. Paris sat down on the other side of the wall, near the boarded-up window she favored. She put the guns she was carrying down and pulled the small revolver from the hidden holster under her sleeve on her left arm. She opened their chambers and began to clear them of the spent rounds. She took bullets from her belt and started to try to reload them, but her hands were shaking, and she kept dropping them. I took the bullets from her hands and one of the guns off the floor and began to reload them for her. I'm sorry. You don't need to do that, she told me. I want to. I want to help. If I can do this, then I feel like I'm doing something. I never had to shoot a friend before. He made me do it. I could have killed him. God, Helen, there are so many men out there. They're going to make me do the same. We're surrounded. The only way out is through them. They're going to make me kill them all. Luke killed so many people, and it changed him. It hurt him deeper than anyone suspected. He was always angry, always suspicious. He was never comfortable. It was like every death took a tiny piece of his soul, and what was left when it was all done was so burned and broken that he never stopped feeling the pain. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to have to kill them all. I'm sorry, my love. I'm sorry. 
if there had been any other way, I would have taken it. If the Baron had agreed to let me keep you as my bodyguard, I really would have been content. I know, but I wouldn't have. I can't blame him for not taking you up on your offer. If he had, I would have killed him. God, how twisted have I become. I am the Reaper's daughter. Luke would be so disappointed. It's not over yet. There still may be a path where we can hold on to our lives and our souls. We can be free. How? How is this supposed to end? The same way it always ends. With a giant horse full of men. What horse? You didn't read to the end of the story? No. As soon as I knew you wanted me to find you and bring you home, I woke up Edgar and we made a plan. I never got a chance to read the rest. What happens? After ten years of holding the city under siege, the Greek armies retreat, pretending to go home, but before they go, they build a giant wooden horse. They leave it as a tribute to the Trojans to honor their bravery and skill, but it's a trick. Hidden inside the horse is a unit of Greek soldiers. The rest of them didn't leave either. They hid. The Trojans brought the horse into the city, and at night the Greeks came out of it. They took control of the gates and opened them up for the rest of the Greek army. The city was destroyed. But there's still hope? This is a new life. It's time to tell a new story. We don't know how this one will end. We have to get everybody out of here. I don't want any of them to die. We're surrounded, but if I can break through their lines, if I can shoot through, maybe everyone else can get to safety. And you? Someone has to stay and fight. Then I'm staying with you. No. You should go too. Absolutely not. You are my heart and my soul. If I cannot live with you, then I will die with you. But I will not leave you ever. Helen. Please don't argue. There is no argument. We see this to the end together. I handed her her guns now, reloaded. She looked at me and smiled. It's not funny, I said. No, it's not what I'm smiling at. I'm smiling because you are so beautiful when you're angry. Your eyes gleam with fire and your mouth gets small and thin. I want to take you upstairs. I bet you anything, you're a hellcat when you're mad. You want to have sex with me when I'm mad at you? I want you constantly. In every way you come to me. Happy, mad, sleepy. There isn't anything of you I don't love. There isn't anything of you I don't want. Paris said as she pulled me close to her and kissed me. I bit her lip as we kissed. She let out a soft growl and I realized she liked being bit. Uh, um... <clears throat> Cassandra said as she pretended not to watch us. Then we stopped for a moment to look up at her. She smiled and pointed to the bar. Viper wants to talk to you. Tell him. If he wants more bullets shot into him, I'm going to let you handle it from now on. Sorry, not you, her. Cassandra nodded to me. Me? I asked. Yeah, he says it's important. All right, I'll be right there. I picked myself up and brushed myself off. Paris popped up next to me and held my hand as we walked over to the bar. Philocides lay on the ground, Hades kneeling over him. I worried he wasn't going to make it if he had Hades' attention. Helen, 
Get this quack away from me. Tell him I'm fine. I don't need your uncle poking at me. Philocides grumbled as I knelt down next to him. Don't say that. That's disrespectful, I told him. I leaned in to whisper into his ear. You don't want to anger my uncle. That's a very bad idea. Just get him away from me. I'll do what I can, I continued to whisper. I sat up and touched Hades on his hand. Lord Hades, please forgive him. Will you come with me to the bar? I'd like to talk. Well, if I'm not appreciated here, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't. Hades stood from his crouch and then held out his hand for me. I placed mine in his, and he pulled me up and led me over to the bar. Lord Hades? Philocides asked Paris. Her family is very rich. I wouldn't be surprised to find some of them are royalty. Maybe he is a lord. Why didn't you want him to look you over? You honestly just gonna lie there and bleed to death? I'm waiting for Ajax. The captain of the cavalry? What good is that asshole gonna be? He's not an asshole. He's just a little misguided. Look, he's my friend, and he's a good man. I don't want to see him gunned down in the middle of the street. So, if you wouldn't mind, could you tell Cassandra not to shoot him? He's coming over here. I hope so. Cassandra! Paris yelled across the bar. If Ajax starts heading over from across the street, don't shoot him. Let him through. Is he going to die? I asked Hades at the bar. Maybe. He's bleeding, and the bullet is lodged in his chest above his lungs. It seems she missed his heart, but the bullet will need to be removed, or it will lead to an infection, and that will kill him. Not to mention, the wound needs to be closed, or he'll simply bleed to death. Someone will have to remove it, but if they don't remove it carefully, they could accidentally damage something he will need. Puncture his lung, or cut an artery, and that's it. He's dead. I am a doctor. I could get the bullet out, except he won't let me work on him. Also, I don't have the tools necessary. A hunting knife will not be accurate enough. You're a doctor? An actual doctor? Why is that always so surprising? Yes, I'm a doctor. I have a degree in everything. I don't wish to offend you, but... Well, it's just that doctors are supposed to save lives, and you're kind of famous for taking them. Well, I am a doctor, and I could save your friend's life, if I had the right tools. Unfortunately, in order to get them, I would have to go into the underworld, and if I took him into the underworld, it would be seen as direct interference in the game. I would suffer the consequences, and I'm already not the most wanted god in Olympus. Ajax saw Philocedes fall, then ducked back into the railway station as the bullets began to fly. He peeked up and watched Hector pick up his friend and carry him to the bar. He saw Philocedes' hand grip around Hector's shoulder. He's alive. But for how long? Should I go? Ajax wondered as he walked back to the wounded soldier on the table. He reached down and checked his breathing. Nothing. He checked his pulse. Nothing. He was dead. All night and all day trying to save him for nothing. He was gone, just like the other two. Oh... He began pacing back and forth. What was the viper thinking? Why'd he go out there if he knew she could outgun him? What good was it to show them that even he could not beat her? I should go. He might need me. I might be able to save him. Ajax began to gather his tools carefully, putting them into his medical kit. 
He snapped the bag shut, held it in his hand, then walked out of the railroad station. Agamemnon stood with Achilles, barking orders to one of the cavalry soldiers. Lieutenant, your men will go in first, then the Pinkertons will back you up. My men will circle around back, covering the exit. I want Oscar Rightway alive, and unharmed. If anyone else gets in your way, do what you must. What about your wife? The lieutenant asked. She made her bed. Put her to rest in it, Agamemnon replied. Stop. Just stop. I have to go over there. I have to go get the viper, Ajax said. Agamemnon turned to him. The viper is dead. We're going to charge into that bar and make them pay for it. He's not dead. He was moving. He's alive. I can help him. I'm going over there. No, you're not. You're staying here. It's obvious you have no heart for war. You're not the hero your father was. You will never be anything but a disappointment. Hide here in the station, then go home and write more books about how great you are. Maybe someone else will believe them, because from where I stand, you're nothing but a spineless coward. Ajax, captain of the cavalry, you're a joke. Ajax stepped back, holding himself still. He fought the urge to turn around and head back to the railway station. He looked around at the lieutenant staring at him. No, I'm, I'm going across the street. Lieutenant, I want you to take Captain Ajax into custody. Sir? The lieutenant questioned. Disarm him. Tie him to a chair and put him back in the railway station. We will deal with him later. Agamemnon ordered. Sir, I cannot do that. He's a captain. You will do as I order. I'm sorry, sir. I know you were once a general, but you don't hold that rank any longer. You can't order that. The lieutenant looked at Ajax in question. Thank you, lieutenant. I'm going across the street. I want you to hold this camp. No one is to fire a shot or advance on that bar until I get back. If anyone tries, I am ordering you to shoot them. Ajax, you worm. You will do as I tell you to, or I will have you court-martialed. You work for me. I made you who you are, and I can take it away. It doesn't matter whether or not I'm still in the army. Your life belongs to me. Agamemnon fumed. Ajax ignored him. Lieutenant, are my orders clear? Ajax asked. Yes, sir. We'll hold the camp. Ajax turned away and began to walk across the street with his arms in the air. You're not going to fucking believe this, but Ajax is heading our way with his hands in the air. Cassandra yelled. I told you. I knew he'd come. Philocedes let his head fall to the floorboards. He closed his eyes and waited. Ajax entered the bar, his hands still in the air. Alcibi kept her guns pointed at him as Cassandra patted him down to make sure he wasn't armed. She took the medical bag from him, opened it, and looked inside. She shrugged and handed it back to him. Come on, Viper wants to see you. Cassandra led him over to where Philocedes lay on the ground. God damn it, Viper. Why did you do that? Ajax asked. I did it to save your life. He replied. Look at you. You're bleeding all over. She could have killed you. Could have, but I took the chance. I needed to get you away from that monster. You would think you, of all people, would know a villain when you talk to one. He's the general. 
The Baron. My father worked directly for him, Ajax argued. You think your father was really a hero? Philocedes asked. Excuse me, but I do think you should do something about the bleeding, Hades said as he stood over them. Ajax opened his kit and took out a pair of scissors. He began to cut away Philocedes' shirt until he exposed the bullet wound. Damn, this looks pretty bad, Viper. It's very close to your lungs. But you don't seem to be coughing up blood, so I think it missed them. I'm going to need to cut you open. Ajax said as he pulled the scalpel from his kit. Whoa, hold on. You're not going to use that on him, are you? Hades asked as he set a hand on Ajax's wrist, keeping him from bringing up the scalpel. I'm sorry, who are you? Ajax looked up at Hades. My name is Hades, and I'm a doctor. I think it's best you washed your tools before you use them. They're clean. I assure you, they are not. Give them to me. I will return them to you sanitized. If you don't, and you try to use them as they are, your patient will develop a fever, fall unconscious, and die within twenty-four hours. Hades explained. Ajax looked at the tools, and then back up at Hades. That was how the other soldier died. He looked at his tools, examining them. They looked clean. He had washed them. He put them back in the kit, handed the entire kit to Hades. We need to stop the bleeding, so don't take too long. I will take care of it, Hades assured him. Helen, please assist me. We will need a pot of boiling water. I nodded, and then followed him into the kitchen. My father was a hero, Ajax said quietly, as if he was saying it to no one. Hey, look, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't important. I don't want to hurt you, but I need you to look at the truth. I was there. I was in the cavalry. I rode with your father. I know what he did. The things he made us do, the people we killed, they kept telling us they were savages. They kept trying to convince us we were protecting the settlers. We were protecting the West. But we weren't. We were destroying it. That's why I quit. I just couldn't take it anymore. Being an outlaw, being a gunslinger, I didn't hurt anyone who didn't deserve it anymore. I never raised my gun against children any longer. Your father? He was the butcher to a mad king. You made a legend out of him, but remember, those stories aren't real. None of that is real. You began to believe them, and that's okay. But if you keep believing them, if you keep following the same madman that put your father in the ground, he's going to put you there too. Philocedes closed his eyes. Ajax shook his head very slowly. I can't. If I go against him, I lose everything. I won't be able to go back to Washington. I'll be discharged, if not court-martialed. Ajax said. Philocedes didn't answer. He had passed out. Ajax began to rip at his shirt, taking the rest of it off as Hades returned with the medical bag. Ajax opened the bag and began to lay out what he needed. All of the tools were hot to the touch. He began working on Philocedes as Hades assisted him. It didn't take long before Ajax put in the last stitch. I looked hopefully at Hades, and he very quickly, very briefly, nodded his head. Yes, he will live, he told me silently. I smiled and squeezed Paris's hand. He's going to be okay, I whispered in her ear. She let out a large breath, and I wondered if she'd been holding it the entire time. Thank God. I heard her mumble. Yes. Thank you, Lord Hades. 
I said out loud. Hey, I kind of helped. Ajax complained. And thank you as well, Ajax, I added. He will need some time to recover. He may be unconscious for a while. Ajax continued. We can put him in one of the beds upstairs. Eddie, can you take him upstairs? Paris called out. Yeah, I got him. Hector scooped him up, holding him with his legs under one arm and his chest under the other. He lifted him carefully from the floor and walked with him slowly upstairs. Ajax and Paris followed behind him. I went to Cassandra at the door. I need your help, too. Can you come upstairs? I asked her. Sure. Alice, you got this? Of course. Don't worry. That Gatlin gun ain't got nothing on me. And if you hear me fighting, then you'll come down in time, I'm sure. I won't need her for long. I'll bring her right back, I assured Elsabee. I took Cassandra's hand and walked with her upstairs. I found Ajax, Paris, and Philocides in the room with Odysseus. I closed the door behind us as we entered. Cassandra stood in front of it, keeping anyone from leaving. Oh, no. You're in trouble now, Captain of Cavalry, Odysseus said as he saw me standing near the door. Ajax looked over. He saw Cassandra guarding the door. He looked around the room. He hadn't realized he was caught. He had no way out. Why? What is she going to do? He said with a little fear in his voice. She's going to talk to you. Odysseus laughed. Well, that's not so bad, Ajax said. You're only saying that because you've never been talked to before. Trust me, it's not a pleasant experience. Odysseus slapped Ajax on the back and then sat him in the chair. I sat in the chair facing Ajax. The same chairs I had used when I had talked to Odysseus the night before, and I suddenly realized this was it. This was how it worked. If beauty was my weapon, then it was love that were my bullets. Logic, reason, love. I used them to get people to see things my way. I moved the world to fit my needs, as Penelope had taught me to. I suddenly felt very guilty. Of all my lives, this war was mine. I may never have gone to Troy. It may have been a war I had nothing to do with, and could not have stopped. But this one, the War of Ilium, Colorado, this one I did start. I planned it. I set it in motion. I'm the one who has gambled my future on it. But the chips I put on the table are the lives of my friends, my family, and the life of the girl I love. Maybe I am the priestess of Ares. I had to find a way out of this. I had to find a way to save them. This was now more important than saving myself. Ajax, I need your help. I'm not going to lecture you. I'm not going to give you a talking to, as Odysseus seems to think. I'm going to beg you. I'm going to deal on this floor and beg you if I need to. Please, don't kill my family. Then surrender. Go back to your husband. Y you can end this. I can't. I have to follow orders. All you need to do to stop this is go back to the Baron, Ajax explained. Odysseus, please explain to Ajax what the Baron really wants. I don't see how that will help. Please, Odie, tell him the plan. Tell him what he really wants to use me for. What he wanted you for. The Baron wants to unite all of North America as part of the United States. He wants me to plan out a war where he can seize control of Mexico and Canada. 
What? You can do that? Is that what comes next? Ajax asked. I never gave him my plan. Instead, I married my wife and ran away. Can you tell him what the plan would have been? I asked. There is no plan. I never made one. Well, then make one now. Imagine I go back to being his wife. How do you win a war that ends with the United States controlling Mexico? Odysseus looked up at the ceiling. He stretched his arms, and his eyes darted back and forth. For a moment, he looked a little shocked, shook his head, then his shoulders relaxed, and he looked sad. He looked back at me before he spoke. First, he will need to build trains down to Mexico City, and most of the major cities connecting all of Mexico together. He will do this as if he's being magnanimous, charging very little for his train service. At the same time, in Washington, he will start rumors and begin to slander his campaign against the Mexican people. He will claim that there are outlaw factions hindering his efforts. Then, he will secretly hire and fund bandit groups in Mexico to attack his own rail stations and trains, at which point he will petition Washington to allow him to bring down federal troops to guard the stations to ride the trains as marshals. Using both the federal troops and his own men, he will add more men to every station until the Mexican government complains about a foreign army in its cities. At which point, in Washington, the Baron will insist that the outlaw factions had always been funded by the Mexican government. That it's the government itself who is supplying the weapons and money to the outlaws in order to attack and take control of the rail stations and trains. He will request more troops. At this point, he will make a big show of how magnanimous and charitable he's being to an unorganized and incompetent Mexican government for the sake of its people who deserve better. He will schedule a big trip. He will ride down to Mexico City like a man campaigning to become president. The train will be decorated in American flags and red, white, and blue bunting. He will bring Helen with him, showing her off at all the stops. In Mexico City, during the trip, Helen will go missing. She will be abducted and most likely murdered. He would not trust her, and killing her would be an easier way to control her than to hold her and hope she can't sway her kidnappers into revealing his plans. After her death, he will call on Washington to declare war on Mexico, using Helen's image and name to rally outrage. With his troops already in place and the trains pouring more soldiers into the region, it will take him probably about six months to control every major city, and one or two years to take the rest of the country. The room fell silent. The horror of it kept us from speaking. I knew who Agamemnon was. I knew who I had married, and I knew what Penelope had been trying to stop all these years, but I had never heard even a part of the plan. It had not only included my death, but the death of millions, the death of a people, the erasure of a culture. He would destroy the beauty of Mexico and its people, pushing them out, forcing them to be just like him, the same thing he was doing to the natives in America. I have always felt guilty for killing Theseus. Maybe that's why I could never tell the story. I have always felt guilty for killing the headmaster. I will never feel even the slightest feather of guilt when I kill Agamemnon. This has been 
Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.